who is wonderful. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege to be in your presence. We recognize the glory of your majesty. Thank you for the power of your presence. Impart every soul that you have drawn to yourself today. By your graciousness, you have led us from our homes to gather in your temple. Breathe upon us the bread of life. Touch us and impart us that our souls may be revived. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The word of God comes to us today in clear terms as a light unto our path and a lamp unto our steps to guide us in our pregame journey. The first reading from the book of Genesis says in those days God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only begotten son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a bond offering upon one of the mountains of which I will tell you. There are things I need to be showing you when we are reading the word of God. They are very critical. He said, take your son, your only begotten son. It's not by mistake that they put out begotten there. <laughs> we have many sons. Not all sons are begotten sons. Amen. Again, the gospel, while Jesus was with the two greatest prophets, Moses and Elijah, this is my beloved son, this is my begotten son, in whom I were pleased, listen to him. What's the difference between a son and a begotten son? I think I explained that a little bit yesterday in our class, in our advanced Bible class. A man who have many sons, they have it in the Jewish culture that among the sons, they'll be subjected to spiritual training. And over the years, the one that excels among others with regards to responding more to the grace of God, responding more to the things of the Spirit, that one is picked. is a sign that God has chosen this one. And that one will be called the begotten son. God can do business with that one. 
If you are not trained and raised as a begotten son, God cannot embark on you to do any business of the kingdom. Because you can constitute nuisance. You must be trained. Very crucial. So Isaac was trained. If Isaac was not trained, when God told him to go and offer this son, and they reached the mountain, when he asked the father, we have the firewood, we have the fire, but we have no lamb of sacrifice. Daddy was up here. <laughs> and the father said, okay, God shall provide. He said, okay, let's go now. I'm sure when they reached up there and then God did not provide. When the father was trying to tie his hands and his, his legs, can you imagine? Over a hundred years old man tying a very young boy. The boy will beat him up there. He said, daddy, what do you mean by this? Am I the lamb for sacrifice? Which God told you that to kill me? Amen. Can you imagine that? If he's today in Africa, they say, okay, I can see. You are that witch. You are that witch. Daddy, I can see. You are, you are the king of all the witches. Your own wizardry has taken you to the point that the only son you want to kill him. <laughs> Amen. But because he has been raised in the things of the spirit. When the father told him, I must kill you because God says so. He was a yielded person. He was a yielded man. Does that make sense to you? Isaac has been trained to be a broken person. To be broken means someone who is meek in heart. Who understands the language of God. That no demand is made of him that he can say no. He's no longer wrestling with God. As the Spirit ministers to him, he responds. He has gained understanding. The wisdom of God was already at work in him. And Abraham loved his son so much that God now said, now I'm going to give a test to this man, the last test, because he's my best friend so far in the whole world. Abraham, Abraham, yes, sir. Take your son, your only begotten son, that one you have trained so much, go and offer him. Abraham said, God, but you know I've waited for years for this son. God said, do you love me? Yes, go and sacrifice him. Our God is a God of sacrifice. Go and write that at the template of your heart. God desires sacrifice. God demands sacrifice. Sometimes he will ask for it. Sometimes he waits for you to give it to him. And he likes the sacrifice of the very thing that you love so much. We're going to see a few things about what, what, what it depicts when you make sacrifices. Abraham did not tell Sarah. Because Sarah will not understand this business. She, he kept it for her. If he had told her, sorry... A night or two nights before that time, she would do a secret business with Isaac. 
This your God will tell you, make you come up for your fast land. Where would they enter bush everywhere here? Now again, has say, make you kill this only son. Where be our hope again? No. Tell God that we, don't, we can't understand this one. He kept it to himself. And said, son, let us go. Now, the point here is that Abraham loved God so much that there's nothing that he cannot do for God. He took his son, went there, explained it to his son. His son synchronized, aligned with his father, because for them, God is all. And then when Isaac laid on that altar, ready to be slaughtered, the father prayed. And after praying, he picked up a knife. God was still watching. And then what happened? As the knife was coming down, a mighty hand intercepted. Because already, in the heart of Abraham, Isaac was a dead man. God will always make demands from you. He starts gradually. He demanded first that he should leave his father's land. Leave his father's country. To a land he's going to show him. He had not even shown him the land yet. Because Abraham was still moving from one place to the other. To serve God is not a, a petty thing. To serve God is not bed of roses. The Bible says whoever wants to serve God should get prepared for what? A great ordeal. It has not changed. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today and forever. Many Christians have not understood that. They only serve God as long as things are okay with them. That's not service unto God. We must make up our minds and understand that we must serve God and that's the reason why we are created. Every other thing is secondary. Whether things are going well or not going well does not affect our fellowship with our Creator. That's the standard. And when Abraham exercised this, I love the blessing that came after that. He says, And the angel of the Lord said, Call to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your only son, your only begotten son, Twice. Your son, your only begotten son, I will indeed bless you. And I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sun which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. And by your descendants, shall all the nations of the earth bless themselves. 
Why? Because you have obeyed my voice. It pays when we obey the voice of God. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemy. And by your seed, meaning from your descendants, shall the entire world be blessed. Just because of one sacrifice. The voice of sacrifice is stronger than all your prayers for 10 years put together. Okay? Do you get that secret now? Amen? <laughs> Those who understand this technology don't talk too much. They make sacrifices. And God will be watching their intention for the sacrifice. Because your sacrifice has a voice. Great families that have been known for years who have served God and have worked in abundance in all things, both spiritually and materially, were families that were traced that their descendants were men of sacrifice. We have to learn that if we are to grow, our Christianity in Nigeria is to grow, especially in Africa, we should be ready to make sacrifices. Because it transfers generational blessings. The question now is, as you are seated, after many, how many years as a Christian, what outstanding sacrifice can you say you have made in your life that is unforgettable? Because after you have offered a sacrifice and you are gone, years have traversed, that sacrifice keeps speaking for you. It becomes a voice in the realm of the spirit. Very important. Some theologians say that that very spot where Abraham was offering Isaac and when the angel appeared and said, oh, don't hurt the, the child. And the lamb was provided and he sacrificed that lamb. They say that is the same spot of the mountain where Jesus and his disciples were at the transfiguration. I don't know how true it is anyway, but they make that allusion. That he went there to pray because himself is now the only begotten son, not from man, but the only begotten son from God. Does that strike a chord in your heart? Huh? It means a lot for those who can understand. Our God doesn't forget. Our God doesn't forget. When you do something great, He can't forget. He keeps record. Tell your neighbor, our God keeps record. Yes. <laughs> and so Jesus came to align with Isaac because the promise says, through your seed. Are you the Bible? Open to Genesis chapter 22. Let me just show you there. Genesis chapter 22. 
I read from verse 16, and he says, are we there? If you are there, say amen. amen. Verse 16 of that Genesis chapter 22. And said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done these things, I have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. He said, in, the, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In your seed. In your seed. Paul making reference to this seed in Romans chapter 3. You will see that he was making reference not to seed as to Isaac, but as the seed which is Christ that will come from the loins of Abraham. Amen. And the connection came when Abraham went on the slaughter of those who kidnapped the bandits that kidnapped Lot. No, this banditry is that today. They are always kidnapping those who are having covenant with God. Are you getting the connection here? You're not getting the connection. You're not, you're not with me at all. It was Lot they kidnapped. And by bandits. Eh? They say seven families went and kidnapped Lot and his family. And they told Abraham. And Abraham went. I don't want to go into details of reading the scriptures to show you there. And so when Abraham confronted them, the Bible says he went with his 300 men and he divided himself into seven to face the different camps that orchestrated that wickedness of banditry and kidnapping of Lot. For those who understand, that's the sense of the miraculous. He began to exercise that office of possessing the gifts of their enemies from that realm. Mm -hmm. You're not getting it yet. Who got me here? Let me see. Let me see your hand. If you got what I just said now. How many of you got it? <laughs> God said you shall possess the gifts of your enemies, right? Good. He started exercising that graciousness. When Lot was kidnapped. You remember how Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah and then left there on his way from, after running from Sodom and Gomorrah? He was kidnapped. And the message came to Abraham that your brother had been kidnapped with his family. Now, when he went and conquered those seven uh, groups, on his way coming back, in, he had to come back with the booties, you know, after he conquered them, he took all, took all their properties and everything. It was on his way that Jesus, the Lamb of God, Melchizedek, appeared to him with bread and wine and blessed Abraham. Then by the Spirit, Abraham exercised the titan technology and gave to him one-tenth of what he had. That's where titan began from. 
it was said that McKinney said, said, please give it to me because it is through this covenant I will give you the entire world and then your descendants will reign and govern the entire world, the world material, the cosmos. So when Jesus was saying, before Abraham I was, the Jews took stones to stone at him, say, look at you, you're not up to 50 years and you're saying that uh, you know Abraham. They forgot that he appeared to Abraham as Melchizedek. And the same Jesus came again and brought bread and wine. And we're continuing the same office of the Christ by the bread and wine. So that same Jesus went to that mountain again. And then there he prayed. He exercised a dimension of sacrifice that God wants to teach us today. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. Paul writes, Brethren, offer yourselves as what? Living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Unto God. So what God demanded from Abraham to offer his son, God is demanded you now don't offer your son, offer your very self. It become a burnt offering on a daily basis. You are now a moving altar of sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Are you with me? Amen. These are not religious cliches. They are realities. When Paul was saying we should offer ourselves as living sacrifice, he was calling, to, calling us into the realms of the priesthood. Because the priest is in the priesthood that you come to offer yourself as sacrifice and your words of prayer. A priest offers himself and his words of prayer. And the Bible says he has made us priests and kings to serve our God. And in your baptism, you were consecrated with the oil of chrism, where you share in the priesthood of Christ, share in the prophetic office of Christ, you share in the kingly office of Christ. It's on, the, on that grace that God is making a demand that you offer yourself now. Your body now is the Isaac of the sacrifice. Did you get that? The way you're answering me, I don't know what I hear. <laughs> Where is the Isaac now? Where is the Isaac of today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Have you killed yourself? This was the same spirit that led me to the sense to say, I offer myself. When the, in the face of death, they, they, they accepted death. They understood this whole thing we're talking about. They were ready to die for Christ, just like Isaac. They were broken. They were yielded. Yielded men don't fear death. Broken men don't fear death. That means rebellion has been extricated from them. Christian maturity comes to play when we are completely broken and completely yielded. Learn from me for I am meek and humble of heart. The fullness of meekness is brokenness. 
So Jesus has come to offer himself. Each time he went to pray, he said, Daddy, this is my body. I offer it to you. Do with me whatever you want. And when his body was fully accepted, the Bible says the Holy Spirit manifested his glory through him. He took Peter, James, and John to pray with him. To go and learn that in prayer, you don't just pray with your mouth. You offer yourself as also what? A sacrifice. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is why you have to learn to fight slumber when you want to pray. Because like some Christmas goat, when you buy the Christmas goat and you're going home, what happens? The goat will be dragged and saying, no, no, no. You see, so when you're going to pray, you are meant to offer your body. Your body will be saying, no, 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 no. That's why you have to learn to punch your body. Spiritually, not physically. Oh. Don't go and break your ribs. Oh. You drag it to the altar of prayer. Because the body is always unwilling. The body is not broken. You have to learn to break your body. Jesus was obedient even unto death. It was when he finally yielded himself that Moses and Elijah showed up. I said, ah. Daddy said, the time has come. And the glory was made manifest through him. And Peter was carried away by the glory. I said, ah, Jesus, let's build three boats here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And God said, you talkative, shut up. The glory was made manifest. And the voice spoke and said, this is my beloved son. Listen to what he is communicating to you. Not building tents. <laughs> it's to listen to him. You know, many people are still building boats for Jesus. They are still building tents for Jesus. Building, 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 building. But he said, listen to him. Get the message first. There's something at stake here. The church has become so active, active that they're no longer listening again. Too much noise. This one, that one, that one, this one, everywhere, there's rowdiness, everywhere, bah, 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 all in the name of Christianity. But the Father says, listen, we must be men and women who listen to God. How many hear his voice? How many today? How many Christians hear the voice of God? God began to deal with me of recent in that regard. Say, listen to me. There's too much noise. There's too much talking. There's too much things going on. Building things for God. Hey, oh, let us go ahead. Ah, this one, that one, that one, this one, everywhere. We must learn to listen and get the message that Jesus is transmitting. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus only. If you want to walk in Abraham's blessings are mine <laughs> in the New Testament, 
we must also learn to walk like Abraham steps. Right? Mm-hmm. We must be men and women who climb the mountain of prayer. We must, be, we must learn to be men and women who offer sacrifice of self. If you can't climb that mountain, if you don't learn to pray, if you don't learn to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, you can't walk in the graciousness of the blessings. Very important that we get that. When Abraham offered Isaac at that mountain, after much prayer, remember, the Bible just you know, uh, um, gave us a coincide story. This just happened a day. Abraham spent no less than one month on that mountain. Yes. Was in prayer with God, with Isaac, to prepare him as the only begotten son a son who had been trained in the things of the Spirit, himself too was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And while he was praying, it dawned on him, Isaac himself had to hear that same voice again that spoke to the Father. And when he discerned that voice, said, Daddy, God said you should offer me. He said, yes, he said, I'm ready. God had to reveal to Isaac that he is going to be the lamb for sacrifice. And Isaac himself, willingly, as a broken person, someone who has been raised and has become a begotten son, he yielded himself. Are we here? Ask your neighbor, tap your neighbor, say, are you here? here? I say, tap your neighbor, tap your neighbor, are you here? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why some people are flying why were inside the church so it was now when Isaac understood what was going on that he yielded himself and the father said so it is finally done and when he was about to sacrifice the son the angel appeared that is the presence of God. And miraculously, a lamb was what? Provided. Can you have a connection between that lamb and Jesus, the lamb of God? The same God was standing there saying, Abraham, because of this, in the next future, something like this is going to happen that will not only bless you and your descendants, but the entire human race shall be blessed. Wow, wow, wow. Our God keeps record. If you want to be a follower of mine, deny yourself. Offer yourself. See your body as a sacrificial element 
Your body is not meant for pleasure and all the things that we are craving for in this world. Your body is meant to be a substance of sacrifice. That is what attracts the glory upon your life. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. We live in a world where the body has been used for all kinds of business. Different type of business that has no line with the things of God. The early Christians, they got it. Lucy. Agatha. Perpetua. Cecilia. Sebastian. All of them. Cosmas, Damian. They understood this and that is why they offered themselves. They have offered themselves enough in prayer. When death came, they have already died at the altar of prayer. So when physical death came, it made no sense. Fear cannot fear dead body. <laughs> eh? Right? If you have died at the altar of prayer, now fear they fear you. Because fear too is a spirit. The people of God, we must understand that this is where God is calling us into. And the only way God can partner with us and work with us in the dimensions that he has ordained for us is when we also walk our own path. Yes, we are in the era of grace, but many people overflow this grace to the point where they, they, they mess up the reality of the things of the spirit. Uh, because when the era of grace, then we do whatever we like. And in the era of grace, God is there, is the merciful God. Era of grace does not mean that you have been given permission to live a disordered life. And you see, immediately Jesus finished speaking with them, as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what he had, they had seen until the Son of Man should what, be risen from the dead. Meaning that the picture of all this is that what happened many years ago, he is going to die. That land that was slaughtered from eternity will be slaughtered again at the cross of Calvary. And themselves, they caught it later. That's why Peter was ready to die. You can't walk with God until you have died. You may not like it, I'll tell you again. You can't walk with God until you have died. <laughs> tell yourself, I must die. <laughs> Some say, God forbid, I will not die. I shall not die. I shall live. <laughs> As a matter of fact, intrinsically, we have died in Christ and God wants us to manifest that death so his glory can be made manifest in our lives. If we truly die, the things we fear in this world will make no sense to us. All the things that threatens life. Yeah. I don't want to go into that now because it's another dimension of the glory of the Christian person. God cannot do business with you until you are dead to the things of this life. God cannot entrust eternal riches to you until you are dead to the things of this life. Paul 
caught that light himself. He said, it's no longer I who live because I'm dead. It is Christ who lives in me. The life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and died for me. So we practice death every day when we climb the mountain of the Lord in the place of prayer. Are we together here? Understand that. Prayer is not a part-time business. Prayer is a full-time business. Prayer is not sweet. Prayer is painful. What did I say? Prayer Yes, prayer is painful. Prayer is like a woman in labor. We labor in the chambers of prayer. We keep pushing to align with God because we have the tendency to transgress at all levels. It is when we are laboring in prayer that the transformation that God desires to take place in our life begins to happen. The transfiguration begins. The molting begins. You begin to shed off things spiritually that have clothed you over the years that constitute nuisance in your life. You demobilize pockets of negative energies that are bottled up in you that makes you behave the way you behave. That's why Jesus said, men ought to pray always and never lose heart. Jesus started with prayer. He ended with prayer. He was a man of prayer. He spent the whole night in prayer. He was always praying. He was a man of prayer. At every point in time, Jesus was connected. Not connecting. He was connected. Tell your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Say, learn from that. You see Paul talk about sacrifice of prayer. Sacrifice of praise. Drag yourself to the altar. When we begin to pray and grow in that system, the transfiguration begins to take place. The inner man begins to make, make, make itself manifest. Moses went to the mountain. He climbed up to pray. That big mountain. And there he encountered God was speaking to him, speaking to him 40 days. When he came down, his face was what? Transfigured. For him to talk to the people of Israel, they had to put a veil on his face. He came down with the glory. Are we here? How many want the glory of God in their lives? <laughs> okay. It's free, but it's not cheap. Unfortunately, It's free, but it's not cheap. You have to climb the mountain. You have to offer yourself as a sacrifice. You have to burn this system. So that's why we know all great men and women of God were men of prayer and sacrifice. They sacrificed their time. They sacrificed themselves constantly, seeking the face of God. And God was manifesting himself in different measures in their lives. The time of Lent is a time of prayer, fasting, and what? Almsgiving. So the Lord presents to us again. As we are getting deeper into the Lenten period, go and dust your altar of prayer. Stop this, what I call pinchomic prayer. Morning prayer, evening prayer. 10, 15 minutes. You are joking. What did I say? You are joking. 
The devil does not respect men and women who do 15 minutes prayer. He likes them because he knows how to maneuver them and deal with them. Jesus, listen, let me just give you a little background to the transfiguration experience. He went to the mountain with them at about the first watch of the night. What was the first watch of the night again? Six to nine, right? That's when they, they, they left. They started praying from the second watch. Okay? Are we together here? Second watch is what time? Then, before the, the second watch, Peter and James and John has already started a... Yes, slumber had come over. They couldn't sustain. Then Jesus entered the gear four on the third watch. What time? They say it was at 3 a.m. that that transfiguration took place. When they woke up, they saw the light everywhere. The light was not Nepal. It wasn't a flood light in the stadium. It was the light coming out from his face and his clothing dazzling white. Because of that light, they could see the cloud of glory around. So when they came down from that mountain in the morning, which is the fourth watch, around 6, 7, they met the other disciples with a man who had a, a son who was demon-possessed. And they were trying, the man said, please cast this demon out. And they were there. Peter, um, uh, but let me try, 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 try. Go out in Jesus' name. Ah, oh boy, this is, not, this is not going. Come and try. Come and try. They were all trying and they could not cast out the demon. And when Jesus came down, the man said, your disciple could not handle this issue. He said, you faithless generation, how long will I have to bear with you? Bring him here. He has come down with the glory. You see, when you learn to pray and grow in your prayer, some of the things you are seeing that are besetting your life, naturally on their own, we pack their load and go. You see? But what happens is that we wait for trouble to come and overwhelm us. We will not start praying about it. You are are in siege and you are praying for victory. Make prayer life a constant thing. Whether there's trouble or not, you were born to pray. You were to exist by prayer. You are to function by prayer. Your existence is predicated in buoyant prayer life. Learn to spend time. Prayer is not when you come and start talking to God. You can just be there for God. I have, for those who have been coming for retreat and um, advanced Bible course, I have taught you some of these things. Okay, for the sake of Lent, the grace of Lent, let me share with you one that could help you. If you're interested. If you want to be the best in your life, you can pray for six hours. Is it possible? <laughs> okay, who is ready for this Lent? Six hours. <laughs> Permission has come. How many are ready for to pray six hours this Lent? <laughs> Somebody said, I can't pray like that. <laughs> You can. Okay. You can start one day. Just you have to, First of all, if you need to pray, bring out time. Stop this quick uh, business stuff. Okay? Bring out time. Say, today, I'm going to pray today. You bring it out. Okay? Any time that you feel, if it is the morning time, maybe from after 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, whenever it has gone out, you can say, okay, in the next six hours, I'm going to pray. All right? 
I will tell you first to start during the day because your own battle will sleep. At least that's the beginning of the training, right? Then as Catholics, you can start a very simple training. You start by seven with your five decade of the rosary. But first of all, make up your mind that I'm going to spend five hours, six hours. Then you say the five decade of the rosary. After you finish it, you just be walking around and be talking to God in your mind. Just pray about yourself. Pray about your wife, your husband, your children, you know. Then before you know it, one hour has gone, right? You take one hour, five uh, decades, all right? You continue again, five decades. Maybe now, after joyful mystery, uh, mystery of light, okay? You finish that after each hour, five decades. Each hour, five decades. How many decades do we have? Huh? 20 decades, all right? How many, ministries, how many ministries in them? Four ministries in each of the... Okay, okay. Joyful mystery, one. Sorrowful mystery, one. Eh? Good, that's four, right? Good. You run that first four hours. Each of the mysteries, one hour, right? Remaining how many hours now? Now, you can... During those times, if you finish each of the mysteries, you can read the Bible. And say, okay, it's five hours. I'll read five chapters of the Bible. Let me tell you. The prayer is not just that you are talking. But the act of offering that time, that time that you are giving to God, has significant impact in the realm of the Spirit. The currency in prayer is the timing that you are born in. As I call this, waiting upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's not that you are talking, 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 talking. As you are there doing all that, you will be, you'll be shocked that after some time, thoughts will be coming to your mind. Thoughts will be flowing. You see, pictures of things concerning life will be coming. God will be showing you things. You will know you are not the one thinking these thoughts. And then you, you have you have opportunity to write them down. You can start with three hours. You can start with two hours. But make sure you give it to God. The ability to endure during those times, you finish the first one, you are still there, you are not distracted, you shut your phone down, turn on the TV, don't go and say, hey, I'm praying, hey, uh, brother, how are you? Uh, okay, I'm coming, uh, all right, all right, uh, so, thank you. You don't answer calls, because that time is for God. You sustain it consistently. If you can do that at least once a month, you'll be shocked where your life will be. I tell you. So you can decide to furnish yourself how the prayer stuff will go. You bring it out, you furnish it. Some, what they do is that they use the stations of the cross. All right? Every one hour, they do three stations. They say their rosary. They read the part of scriptures. Okay? Every one hour under three, three stories. Please, who is doing that? Okay? Right. So that's how you furnish yourself. That's how you pray. Jesus will not come at that mountain and be praying and be talking to God. No. At a point, he'll just be going around. He'll just be marching around. I'm interceding. Every thought that enters his mind, he'll start praying about it. 
some of you have considered my prayer points in my own prayer closet. As I'm praying, God will just, I will just remember somebody I know in this, at this center here. I'll start praying about that person. There are people whose pictures have come more often than others. <laughs> Meaning that God is saying this one, you have to emphasize it. You have to take this one more serious. So, this is how you do that. As you are praying, your children are, are not with you. But as you are praying, maybe your first son, his picture is coming to your mind all the time, all the time. I mean, God is saying, do something about this person. Say something good about this person. Professor about the life of this person. Because you are waiting. Heaven now says that this person is interested in the business. So, we cannot connect to him. This is how you bless your life. Learn it. Practice it. God desires you to offer yourself as an instrument of interfacing divinity to mingle with humanity. And through that, God is able to interfere, interrupt in our, in our affairs and bring us the desires and the things we wish to happen in our lives. We pray at this Mass that the glory of God will abide with us, that we will have the inner tenacity to follow the paths that God has ordained for us. The path of sacrifice, the path of prayer. The path of sacrifice, the path of prayer. And for this to be substantiated, we should be ready to offer God not only our talent, not only our treasure, but also our time. That is why it is very necessary that we understand that in the realm of the spirit, time is very crucial. Paul says, redeem me your time. Don't be too busy. Don't be too busy. Don't be carried away by so many things. Learn to squeeze out buoyant time for God. And this center is point beyond measure. To always help people to squeeze out that time. For retreat. When time we come for retreat, is a time we wait upon the Lord. 15 hours in three days. Every day, five hours. For those of you who have been coming for retreat, you already know how we engage it here. And how impactful it has been in your life. Take advantage of that. For many of you who have not been, who have not yet key into having this retreat, try. Help your life. Help yourself now. Help yourself. And do something with regards to your journey with God. And your life on earth will be more fruitful than you ever think. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to hear from you. To receive your word again as a light unto our path, as a lamp unto our steps. You are calling us to walk in sacrifice, to walk in the path of prayer, that through it, you will exercise your graciousness through us. We pray today that the grace of supplication, the grace to humble ourselves and offer ourselves as living sacrifice, will be made available for us. That even as we are in this moment of Lent, it will be a time that we will discipline ourselves and truly hearken to the voice that is speaking to us. For on our own, we can do nothing. Bless us with the courage we need. Bless us with the mind that we need. Help us to be able to overcome every distraction and the things that keep holding us down. That we may offer you a sacrifice like Abraham and be a blessing not unto ourselves only, but to generations yet to burn. All this we ask through Christ our Lord.